welcome back to New Realities. I'm, this is about the upcoming walk-in event that will be on January 8th to the 10th, 2021. Got to get used to saying that with some amazing speakers. People want to get a ticket to the conference. They go to portaltoascension.org. And you'll see the uh, walk-in conference there. This is a historic event. There's never been a walk-in conference like this before. The Cosmology of the Soul. This is brainstormed by Sheila Seppi, and she's on today's call. I'm joined today by Justin Land. We just put together a uh, channel panel. Um, I guess it was a week or two ago. That was really successful. I thought he'd be great to join me today because... Um, you're sort of new to the walk-in idea, aren't you, Justin? <laughs> we just had a talk an hour ago. You mentioned <laughs> that you're having this call. And uh, yeah, this is kind of like a walk-in moment. I really am walking into a new universe in some ways. I, I quickly checked YouTube out to get a feeling for it. And there's a, there's, there seems to be a few different ideas of walk-ins that um, I'm, not, I'm not really sure uh, which ones are going to come up now, but. Well, before we go to Sheila, who is really the really created this whole vision of this, um, I'll just give a brief history because, uh, as I know it, the the woman Ruth Montgomery wrote a book called *Strangers Among Us*, and she, I guess, that was in the '70s, maybe, and she put out this idea of walk-ins, people who have walked into other people's bodies, a soul leaves, and there's another soul waiting to come in. And that new soul really upgrades. The, this is an evolved being and upgrades the whole um, aspect of that person's being. I mean, it's really a new entity that joins in there. And um, at least that's what I know about it. That's like the foundation of what was the beginning of the walk-in terminology. Sheila, how would you um, describe it as a modification from that. Well, hi, Alan. Thanks for having us on today. Um, well, I'm very excited to share about walk-ins because I'm a walk-in and I'll tell my story just a little bit later. But as I was doing research for my book, Walk-In, The Cosmology of the Soul, I really realized that there are different types of soul experiences. And one of them being the classic walk-in scenario where one soul leaves and another soul comes in. And those are typically called soul exchanges. And so when that happens, the originating soul is totally gone. And this new entity comes in, there's personality changes, there's lifestyle changes. In my case, I was a very, very sick person and immediately I was healed from all the illnesses. There's also what's called a soul infusion. And I believe that's what uh, we're gonna talk with Yanda about today in Don. And that's when another aspect of you, be it a future aspect, um, another aspect comes in and melds with your spirit and you actually become a single spirit again. There's what's called a soul braid where there's two spirits that inhabit the body and they have a copacetic relationship. However, one is in control and then the other one is in control. And so at some point they either have to come together as one or one of the souls will leave. Then there's what's called an overlay, which is uh, what I would say Miss Nicole is. And an overlay is when you have a soul and another aspect literally comes in and attaches itself to the soul very much like a neoprene suit. And it may be there to act as a battery charger to help um, move someone through a situation or to give them strength or to allow them to rest and heal. And then it will leave or it can become one or it will hold the space while the natal soul leaves. And then there's what's called a soul jumper. And a soul jumper is when you have a soul that has a contract again, all of these have contracts with the original soul or the natal, natal soul, that soul will come in for a specific purpose and then leave. It may come in just to experience the birth of something. It may leave. It comes in to help uh, bring about a new project and then it will leave. So it's just very temporary. It could be 
hours a day, a week, a month, etc. But it always leaves. And then there's what's called a multidimensional soul layering. And that is when the soul, the natal soul that comes into the body brings with it very multiple defined other soul aspects in with it. And so they inhabit the body throughout the entire life. And at different points during someone's lifetime, one soul aspect will emerge while the others recede. And then there's kind of like this dance of energy that takes place. And so one will come forward and the other one will go back. Wow. And, oh, is there more? Sorry. No, no. And those are the major, um, the major ones that I have identified with the research that I've been doing. And, you know, there's a lot of people that will um, call soul exchanges something different, or they might call an infusion something different. But for me, as I talked with um, everyone that I interviewed for the book, and as I've talked with other individuals, these are kind of like the categories um, that came to me to use. Well, this is great, Sheila. You are breaking new ground, like I said before. Mm -hmm. This is um, a whole innovation to the whole field, which, you know, channeling has been big for a long time, but walk-ins, that's, that's a whole other animal, if you want to put it that way. But any, can you introduce who we are have here? And then um, maybe you could share a little bit about your story but yeah tell us who's with sure. us today and, okay and, well and so um how they fit into the upcoming panel yeah. sure so we are having a bit january the 8th 9th and 10th and it's based on the individuals that's in the book walk-ins the cosmology of the soul and it actually was a growth of our desire to continue to have community and our desire to reach out to other people who may be a walk-in, but they don't have any type of a support network. And so we're hoping that people that watch this conference, if they themselves are a walk-in, they may be they may say, hey, I can identify with Nicole's story. Uh, how can I get a hold of her? And everyone on the panel uh, will be available if people want to reach out to them. We all have emails or websites and they can then connect. But today with us, we have Marilyn Harper and Marilyn is also a soul exchange and a channel. So that's really awesome. And she'll tell you a little bit more about that. We have Nicole Richmond with us and Nicole would be what I would call a soul overlay. And I'm going to let her share her story and what she does. Um, in the real third dimensional world here. And uh, then we have Indon. And Indon uh, has a fascinating story um, that really I can't even begin to share because I love to hear him tell it with all of his um, enthusiasm. And so uh, then we have Emma Louise and Emma Louise Living Soul is with us also. And Emma too is a soul exchange. And again, her story is unbelievable, and um, she's located in Norway. Oh, great. I love Norway. I want to visit you, Emma. <laughs> I love Norway, too. <laughs> okay, we're coming to do a special panel there. Uh, but, <laughs> Sheila, tell your story, because it is so amazing, so fantastic that that's you're the one that really got me excited about this. I mean, you know these other people. I mean, when hearing your story, like I thought, you have to share this with the world. It is so dramatic and beautiful. Well, go. Just you don't have to go into the whole. But I, I mean, just yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, starting in my early 20s, I started having a whole host of unusual symptoms. Um, they thought I had brain tumors, possibly MS. They said I would be in a wheelchair by the time I was in my late 30s. Um, I had a whole host of autoimmune diseases that plagued me. Then in my late 20s, early 30s, I was diagnosed with bone cancer and had an oncologist from Duke University 
And um, so I went through all of that process. Then um, I had fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue. I used to walk with a cane because it was so painful to put any pressure at all on my legs because I had erythema nodosum and sarcoidosis. I had three small children. And so I spent a majority of my time on the couch trying to play with them, bring the blocks closer, bring the Barbies closer, that kind of thing. Um, and then I... You know, I, I just thought I had done everything Western medicine told me, but the more I did, the worse I became. And so on the night of September 22nd, I went to bed, a very, very sick person with a very rooted, firm belief system um, that had what, no medical. What year was that? September 22nd? It was in 1999. Okay. okay. And so it felt like the next morning on the 23rd, that someone reached down and grabbed me by the hair of my head and pulled me bolt upright. And it was as if lightning ran through my body. And then I found myself in white space. And honestly, I don't know how long I was there, but when I came to myself again, my peripheral vision first came in and then my frontal vision. And as I looked around the room, I knew that everything was different but I couldn't identify it. You know, the carpet felt different. When I saw my reflection in the mirror, I was kind of like, oh my gosh. And it was almost like I was looking at a stranger, even though it was me. I had no concept of a walk-in. That was not even in my belief system. If someone had told me about Ruth Montgomery's book, I would have just thrown it out because I was, um, I had a very firm, um, Southern Baptist belief system. I had zero metaphysical foundation. So I had no knowledge and no foundation for what was happening to me. But within three months, I had left the marriage. And within another three months, I had already moved to a different state. And that's when I found my first spiritual teacher. And, and how, she, what happened to your physical condition? Tell us what oh, about my physical condition. I was immediately healed. Now it took a while to get my um, energy up. And it took a while to learn to re-eat because all of those foods that I loved before, I didn't want anything to do with. And honestly, I lived on Diet Mountain Dew. I called it the nectar of the gods, you know? <laughs> and so that, that was a huge change to get rid of the Diet Mountain Dew and to start drinking water. But, you know, I came in, I was clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient. And I thought I was losing my mind because I didn't believe in any of those things. And then I could hear my spirit guide so loudly speaking to me. Um, and I thought I was going crazy. And so that's how I actually found my first spiritual teacher because um, she was a psychologist. And I knew if she could just write me a prescription because at my background was in psychology. I thought, you know, I just need some antipsychotic drugs and everything will go back to normal. But it didn't because she told me I was a walk-in and that rocked my world yet again because I, I had no idea. And if it hadn't have happened to me, I still probably would not have believed in it. But it was something that um, totally changed my life. Um, I came in knowing different healing techniques. I came in knowing about past lives. I came in knowing, uh, it took me a while to figure out what it was, but I came in from a collective. And so I learned how to identify what it was that I was seeing. I had a vocabulary now that I could use. Um, my world was totally rocked because when you hear people giving you instructions and you see individuals walking around in your home and that is not within your reality, to me, the only explanation was that I was having a psychotic break. Mm. Well, Thank goodness know, I wasn't. <laughs> you weren't. And uh, do you know where you walked in from? Like, yes, I came in. I came in from my multidimensional collective and let me say that once I became integrated into my body and I was comfortable working with my guides, I asked them, you know, where did I come from? What's going on? What's, what's really happening? And as I was explained first, and I have to explain this, it was we have what's called the Shantias Khan. Uh, some people call it an oversoul. And that has all of our memories, our thoughts, our desires. It has our 
all of our blueprints from all of our different lives. And when we incarnate, it's kind of like a swirly mass of light and sound and frequency. And it comes into the human form, it attaches, and that part that attaches becomes the personality of this lifetime. And so my personality was having a difficult time understanding what was going on and how this information was coming in. And so um, they shared with me that part of why I was having such a difficult time is that I was in the fullness of my Shanti Khan and that I was in a collective with other people in the fullness of their Shanti Khan, meaning our multidimensional selves as well. Let's start with Marilyn. This is Marilyn Harper. Marilyn is a soul exchange walk-in and she also channels a 17th dimensional being called Andoranda. And so I'm going to just let Marilyn kind of take it over and uh, share your story. <laughs> well, thank you, Sheila. And thank you so much for having me on your program, Alan. I really, I really enjoy it. It's a, it's an amazing energy that you all are creating. And with that, I'm just honored to be a part of it. You know, my story is a little different than Sheila's. I, I uh, walked in in 1993. The, the similarities between mine and Sheila's is I was in, deeply involved in a traditional uh, church, the uh, Disciples of Christ, the Christian church. I was deacon. I was selling advertising for a country western radio station. I, I lived in Missouri. I did not have any metaphysical background. I did not know that this was possible. Uh, I did have uh, surgery and complications following the surgery. And I, I wasn't historically sick. I wasn't, I wasn't depressed. I wasn't, I was just going about my business. And I went into the hospital with these complications following a surgery and I uh, was in so much pain. I at one point said, you know, if I'm going to be in this much pain, I would rather die. Just so take me out now. And at that moment, uh, I felt a surge of energy and uh, made enough racket. They took me right in for x-rays to find out exactly what was going on. And um, that was when I walked in. It was April 22nd, 1993. And although because I had no concept I, of what had happened, and I was not as lucky as Sheila in being gifted or knowing about these gifts, I also thought I was having a nervous breakdown because I came out of the hospital. I couldn't wear the same clothes. I couldn't do the same things. I didn't I, my walkout had a, a, an amazing memory and could remember things that happened to her when she was three or four years old. And I couldn't remember any of that. And I was not married at the time. I was, uh, my son was, um, I guess he was in high school, a freshman in high school. And it was, uh, it, it was pretty amazing because I, I used to do so and do things that were very uh, domestic. <laughs> and then after I walked in, I couldn't do any of that. I couldn't remember how to lay material out with a pattern. I couldn't build anything. I couldn't, it was, it was pretty amazing. Um, I walk out, had written six plays and um, one person plays and I had contracted um, performances after I walked in and could not do them. Uh, I had to rewrite the plays and still it didn't resonate with me to be that kind of a performer and to be on stage, which is interesting. My walkout was a stage performer, performer. my walk in was not. And um, at least until, uh, well, that's another story. In 2009, I believe my walkout and my walk in may have blended together to be able to do what I'm doing right now. Um, but in how I found out that I was a walk-in, three years I spent going, what the heck happened to me? What is going on? And I, I seemed to hear thoughts and had, had skills that were totally undeveloped and did not know what had experience, I had experienced. And it was uh, actually... Uh, in 
Thanksgiving of 1995 that we always have like 70 people at our Thanksgiving dinner. I have a big family. And right before dinner, my mom came to me and said, held out this book, like 15 minutes before we sat down to eat. And she said, have you ever read this book, Strangers Among Us by Ruth Montgomery? And I'm like, no, I never have. Could I borrow it? And she says, no, you can't borrow it. You never return books, which is true. <laughs> and um, then like a week later, another friend of mine came to me and said, you know, have you ever read this book, Strangers Among Us by Ruth Montgomery? I thought, how weird. My mom told me about this book just a week ago. And then he didn't have the, he, we were going to go by his house and pick up the book. And, and one thing led to another and we never did get that, I guess. And um, then another friend of mine, a week after that, the universe sort of arranged for me to be on a 12 hour drive going up to, from Missouri to, to Milwaukee to visit another friend. And uh, during that time, I was telling this person about, all these weird experiences that I'd been having for the, since, I mean, the person that I were just driving to Milwaukee and we were graduate students together and um, we weren't really good friends as graduate students. We were in the same department and we really didn't like each other that much. And then again, the universe arranged for us to come back together three years after that and arranged for, and we were like best friends all of a sudden. It's like we went to lunch and we would be there three or four hours later and talking and we did everything together. We were kind of joined at the hip. And, and then um, as we were driving to Milwaukee, uh, I, I was telling him about all these weird experiences, how I was so different and I couldn't wear the same clothes. Uh, I couldn't do the same things. And it's only actually been this past year that I've been able to wear red. Uh, I used to wear my walkout wore it all the time. I could not wear red until just this past year. And so it's just so weird. And he said, have you ever read the book Strangers Among Us by Ruth McGarry? I'm like, what is it with this book? And so then he told me what it was about. And he um educated me. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's what must have happened to me. Interestingly enough, when I went back to my mother, because I thought my mother knew what had happened to me. And I asked her about this book. Uh, she didn't have the book. We looked all through her bookshelf. She said, I know have never read that book. I have another book by Ruth Montgomery, but your father <laughs> won't let me read it. And I'm like, it was right there. It was in your hand. And, and she said, nope, nope, I don't have that book. And then I went to my other friend who had mentioned it. And I said, okay, you know that book you told me to read by Ruth Montgomery? And he says, you know, I've never read any books by Ruth Montgomery. What does she write? And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> How could that be? And then I went to the third friend and said, okay, you know, you told me to read this book by Ruth Montgomery. And we talked about it for like 12 hours on the way to Milwaukee. And he's like, uh, yeah, I did. I'm like, oh, shoot. So basically what happened was the two of the people that I knew and trusted through some interdimensional reality, which was very real, they brought me the message that I needed to learn because I, I was ready. So at that point, I thought, okay, so if I'm a walk-in, what the heck does that mean? And how does that happen? And it wasn't a part I felt, I felt a little like Justin is like, what the heck is a walk-in? <laughs> and, and so I, I realized that I had new skills. And so I set about really learning who I was and developing those skills and somehow volunteered um, to be all that I am. And that's, that's how I, I was at that point, they kept telling, I did guided writing or automatic writing, inspired writing, however you call it. Um, and in my guided writing, um, they would tell me that I was here as a bridge between like the regular world and the metaphysical world, because I wasn't able to read all the books. I wasn't able to learn all these things. And I was to, you know, break it down in such a way that, that anyone could understand it. And um, then when I 
started um, doing energy work, uh, like a year later, my fr- all my friends, <laughs> we all went to become Reiki masters and we went to become, uh, we were in, uh, tuned to Reiki level one and everybody could see things and hear things and not me, you know, I'm like, I don't see anything. I see nothing. <laughs> I don't hear anything. And, and so it was, a, it was quite an experience. I believe I had those experiences so I could help people in that awakening process that don't have that, you know, oh, I'm a walk-in, <laughs> that, that are searching and are experiencing that, that frequency, but really don't have a clue what's going on. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Next, we have Nicole Richmond, and she is a soul overlay. She is um, an indigenous attorney and a master bead worker. Uh, she also leads some women meditation groups. So, uh, Nicole, I'll kind of let you take over from there. Sure. I had a very fortunate upbringing because, as uh, Sheila said, I grew up, I'm Indigenous uh, Canadian, so I'm Ojibwe, and I grew up in my traditional territory. So being a spiritual person, connecting with the beings, understanding that there's another kind of reality is just culturally something that is part of what we grew up with. And one of my first experiences was um, in a sweat lodge ceremony, my cousin had a broken arm and we had a conductor. He was a Lakota man who came in from North Dakota and he led a ceremony in the sweat lodge and he channeled, he brought in, he created conditions where lots of beings manifested. And during the sweat lodge ceremony, my cousin's arm was miraculously healed. And it was amazing because, so I grew up at a very, I chose the perfect incarnation for what I'm doing, which is, which is really brilliant, which was really good planning on someone's behalf. I take credit, partial credit. <laughs> um, so I grew up with that knowledge and with that experience to begin with. And so I've always been sort of on a metaphysical journey and I've always sort of been interested in, you know, time, space and metaphysics and, and all of these things. I went to law school because I wanted to fight for Aboriginal rights, uh, for Indigenous people to have more space to, um, do what they want to do. And uh, when I was in, in Canada, in order to become a lawyer, you have to do articling for one year. So you have to do a placement at a law firm. And I uh, did a car accident litigation for a year in, in Bay Street. So if you're going to become a lawyer in Canada, you have to always say that you went to Bay Street. It's like the equivalent of Wall Street. So I did that. I've had all these like fancy experiences. And I went on to practice law. And um, in 2010, I got married is very, very in love with my partner, who was also a very spiritual person. Corey, my husband, um, had a really difficult upbringing. But when we met, we knew each other immediately. Do you know that feeling when you're just like, oh, hi, where have you been my whole life, right? Like we just knew each other. We sensed each other. It was immediate. And um, there were a series of difficult things that happened because Corey had 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 a really difficult, Indigenous people have had a lot of trauma, right? They've had to deal with and cope with a lot of difficulties. And so we had a difficult relationship, but very deeply in love, like definitely soulmates. And uh, in 2014, January 24th, 2014, I had a massive car accident. And I just remember the moment of like two headlights coming at me in my window. And I thought, okay, this is happening now. And it wasn't a panic. It was just like, it was almost like a foreknowing, you know, this is happening now. That was the feeling. And I, I had, I had practiced car accident litigation and I knew about, sorry about my dogs, soft tissue injuries. And I knew that I had sustained a a soft tissue injury. And, uh, and I said, well, let's just rest. Let's just wait this out. And because I think I undermined my injuries, I, um, I am so sorry about these dogs howling. Um, oh, that's okay. We're not hearing it so much. Go that's ahead. We do. Okay. So I, what ended up happening was I um, had an undiagnosed concussion. So I walked around for almost a year with a concussion because when you're very vibrant to begin with, um, you just diminish slowly, slowly, slowly. So it wasn't until one year later that I saw one of my formal law clients who was also a treatment provider. He was a chiropractor. He said, what's wrong with you? And I said, 
nothing. I feel great. And he's like, Nicole, what is wrong with you? And I said, well, I had this car accident. And he said, and he started doing these neurological tests and he said, you have a concussion. And I said, okay, well, that kind of explains why I've felt low key depressed for the last year, but it was the relaxation that I needed to reset. So I didn't practice law. I couldn't practice law. And then I didn't really realize that something else was happening because I had been spiritual my whole life. Right. But around that time I started to, I had already taken my Reiki one, you know, that's like the gateway, the gateway drug, (laughs) the gateway for these healers. Right. Um, I became very obsessed with past lives. So I started to study uh, past life regressions and with Dolores Cannon, she was such an important teacher for me before she passed. Uh, And I was really, really obsessed. So while I was not practicing law, I was just farting around taking these past life regression classes and learning to do hypnosis with people. And then in about 2000, maybe 16, I had this dream and in the dream, there was a man in black and I have recurring dreams. And this is, this is important for, I think some people, because I have recurring dreams about being in subways or being in airplanes or being in underground tunnels. And I think those are portals, right. That we travel in, but I, I just, my mind interprets them. So this man comes up to me and he says, I have a job for you. I said, okay, I'll do it. Not like I can negotiate this anyways. And he said, where are you going to go? People are going to be sleeping. He said, they're not going to know that they're sleeping, but they're going to be sleeping. He said, it's going to look really real, but it's not real. And the third thing he said is, you're going to feel like you've gone for a really long time, but it's just going to be like minutes have passed when you get back. And I said, okay, I'll do it. So I get into uh, an elevator and I go down and I come out. And I'm at planet earth in my hometown where my husband and I were living at the time because we had moved home here to where I live now so I could recuperate from my injury. And so a bunch of different things happened. Like in 2017, I I had been doing a lot of energy work um, with Caroline Corey. I'm sure you guys are familiar with her. And I love love Caroline. She's Caroline is like, has been, Caroline's so good because she says the most obvious things without emotional attachment. She's like, guys, of course, this is what's happening. You're being manipulated. And, and you're like, oh yeah, Caroline, you're right. With, but she's not angry about it, right? She's just like, I'm here to do a job and I'm going to do it, you know? And I really love that about Caroline. But I think I went to a conference with her and she activated me somehow. And um, shit like I came back and like everything was different the maps were different you know this whole Mandela effect like I jumped probably like 16 timelines and I came back from the conference and I'm like I'm just not myself something's wrong like the maps were different the memories were different the places were different and I started to panic because like I was doing an important job and I was like I hope I could still remember the reality of my clients and like the work that I'm doing but I eventually reintegrated and like Sheila talks about memory lapses. There are things that people will say and they'll, and they're very clear memories. And they'll say, you know, remember that time you came to my baby shower and you brought these gifts and I'll be like, I have no recollection. So fast forward, what ended up happening to me was um, I was in this supportive relationship with my spouse. And what ended up happening is because he was, I think his work, I was, intended to be upgraded to continue to support the relationship because he was doing work spiritual work I think he was helping lost souls while they were while he was sleeping because he would always travel and he would wake up and say oh I just saw this beheaded man or he would see really terrible things and and like the levels that he was working at were really really murky right and I would just always hold the space for him while he was sleeping but it turned out and it was very sad he uh, ended up dying by suicide last July. And so the relationship was for me to continue to hold the soulmate relationship, to be strong, to be upgraded, to see the thing through. And I've tried to ask channels and I've tried to ask uh, the beings about, you know, why did I have to do this or what was the purpose? And they won't tell me yet. So I don't know, but now I've got this upgraded spirit just hanging around I practice law now uh I live in a small town I also do a lot of artwork I'm pretty sure the connection is Arcturian just like my friends Marilyn and Sheila uh so we're like take care of business kind of people which is cool is there a soul integration maybe with your husband uh sort of like the Isis Osiris myths that they talk about where well I kind of think it's 
it's like the Jesus Mary Magdalene thing, right? Because Jesus, and when I was having my first uh, past life regressions, I would always regress to Mary Magdalene and I would always see Jesus and I would always, always, always cry. And so now I'm thinking about, so like, what did Mary do after Jesus died? And so there are actually Ojibwe stories, Anishinaabe stories about Mary Magdalene coming to North America and hanging out with my relatives and my ancestors. So that's really cool. And um I just want to show you guys. Uh, so yeah. I have met my soul mother and she's, she wears a lot of queenly jewelry. I'm not saying she's a queen, but I think she's probably a queen, which makes me somewhere some kind of galactic cosmic mm. princess, which, mm. you know, no big deal. So this is a beadwork piece that I did. Oh, uh, beautiful. That I, yeah. So it, I also in this human life have no children. But can you can I look at that again because there's like information I'm getting from that. It's just like a, a soul evolution right in that painting, mm -hmm. that beadwork. That is great. That yeah, is so the, the young girl is my soul daughter or my Arcturian daughter or my dimensional daughter and me in the middle. And then this lady, this queen lady, mm -hmm. she shows up a lot. She's very stern. She just looks at me like she just looks at me like get your butt together you know down there and I think like I think for us we get so involved in this human experience right and we forget I'm on a mission don't take it so seriously you know Nicole you're getting really emotional right now but it's okay and and like so I have a very I feel like Marilyn said I feel very integrated now and I feel like I just get to be this cool lawyer who people know is like really out there but because I have such like I I have like the highest, like I went to U of T law school, which is like the best you can do in Canada, right? So I have very high level credentials. So I get to get away with like being the meditating lawyer who's like leading meditation groups and spiritual groups. Also because my indigenous background supports that and enables that. So people expect it of me, like, of course she's gonna be out there doing ceremony on the land. And of course she's gonna be, you know, putting out feasts to mark, you know, the solstice. So I'm very, very, very fortunate in the incarnation that I'm living. And I think, um, go ahead, Ellen. No, no, I think it's a, another amazing, phenomenal story, right, Justin? Well, absolutely, yeah. Uh, um, that's, um, I love the Arcturian uh, connection. So we have, we have three Arcturians, uh, and, and basically, um, these, these blue beings that we see in Hindu uh, as gods, I mean, I'm guessing that's, there were beings of, of this sort on, on the planet, right? I, mean, uh, I think so. And I first heard, um, I first heard a spiritual teacher, Carolyn Mice, saying, you know, what if, what if all of this mythology is true? And that really spoke to me because we've always written it off and been like, you know, these are just archetypes or these are just myths but what if it is actually true and and I really believe that there are times like Marilyn's saying you know cycles when the earth's maybe the earth is just in a different place vibrationally or in the galaxy that enables things to happen or you know like she was talking about the crystalline grids like what if there are times where we're just stronger or these portals are more open so I think we're shifting into something really phenomenal. And I think that's why we've all come here right now to help this transition. Thank you, Nicole. You wanna introduce a brief introduction to Idan, Sheila? Sure, uh, Indon Clark is another uh, Coloradan uh, along with me. And um, he has a phenomenal story about just being open and receptive and what really came forward. He has a fascinating story. So, um, end on. Hi, thank you. It's good to be with you all here today. Thank you, Alan, for hosting this and um, getting us primed up for the, the summit coming up. And I'm just really, truly honored to be with all of you and to be sharing our stories. This is um, really groundbreaking in a lot of ways. I think that um, when I first sought guidance after my walk-in experience, um, I recognized how um, sparse it can be out there in, in the world to have these safe places for us to get together and actually have these conversations and unpack our experiences and, and um, yeah, find, find community in that. So I'm really, really grateful to be here today. And um, as, as far as my story goes, it's a very, um, interesting weaving of events and it's all it all 
uh, I use the word constellate. It, it all kind of constellates together the more I dig into it and the more the little cues and clues pop up along the way. Um, for me, my walk-in journey, as far as memory goes, is started back in 2013. Um, and I was actually visited by a craft. And um, it was really interesting about this contact experience was <clears throat> that after an initial telepathic conversation with this um, star, at least I thought it was a star at first, um, after an initial telepathic conversation, it came down, came closer to me. Um, and the full details of this is in the book, which is such an amazing work of art. So beautiful to have so many of us come together in the creation of that. Um, long story short, um, I was in contact with this ship that was not your typical ship, not what you think of when you think of a, a UFO. It's not saucer shaped. It's not silver and shiny. It's not morphing plasma. It was actually made of stone. It was made of stone, almost like a um, granite or a dolomite um, mm -hmm. that you see pyramids made out of. What, and what year was, was this? In, what this year? is 2013. In where in Colorado about? I was on the, um, I was in the foothills near Westminster, boulder-ish area so you saw this um, in the sky go ahead and um yeah um and so <clears throat> what's really interesting about it is that it was made of stone and it was covered in ferns and moss it seemed to be generating its own atmosphere as well and um started to create these holographic cogs um almost similar to as I see it now and as I have come to understand it and its relationship to time. Um, these were like cogs on, if you ever see the Mayan calendar system with the solar count and the moon count and um, the Bakhtun count and all of them in, in interlocking gears. Um, it was gears like this. And on each of the teeth of the, the cogs were different glyphs. Um, on the inside of the ring also was a continuous um, script, you know, light language. And as it was spinning, it was casting out symbols. It was discharging these symbols. Um, and it was forming these one by one over top of me. It was right over top of me at the time. And so it's forming these cogs and they're starting to spin. And I'm actually just feeling a lot of peace, feeling a lot of uh, recognition in that moment. Um, and very, very relaxed, almost like you, um, you know, you've reconnected with family and you, you haven't seen them in such a long time. It was just that recognition. And as the last cog formed right around me, I actually happened to be laying down looking up at the stars at the time. And that last cog formed around my body. It's almost as if it grounded itself. And when it grounded, all of the cogs then lit up with this, this faint kind of soft blue luminescent light. They were very like pale translucent cogs at first, very faint blue. And then that when it grounded, it started to charge, charge up. So then it's more of a brighter light blue, whitish kind of milky light. And the cogs started spinning a lot faster. And at this moment, you know, prior to my, uh, we all have our programming around what contact experiences look like or what we assume uh, the beings will be like or the crafts will be like. And at this point, I'm assuming, oh, okay, I'm, I'm going to get beamed up. You, know, you, you never had a contact experience before? Was this your first contact? No, I, I had actually, I had previously oh. had several contact experiences. Um, this was my first up close and personal experience. Okay, who's our last person here, Sheila? Emma Louise Living Soul. And Emma has an unbelievable, fascinating story um, of coming from another place to here and how she has integrated that and how she works with the energy of where she came from and helps to integrate it and ground it onto this planet. And so um, I'm gonna let Emma share her story with us now. 
Okay. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much. First of all, I'd like to say thank you so much to Alan for mm -hmm. having me here and everyone. I'm talking to you from Norway. And Norway is not the capital of Sweden, as many people think. <laughs> <laughs> it is the country next to Sweden. So we are sharing the, the line between Sweden and we are sharing beautiful forest with Sweden. And it's actually one of the most beautiful countries I've ever been to. The fjords are mountains that come right down to the sea. It has a great spiritual tradition as well. And so I'm happy you're joining us. Yeah. Thank you. It really is beautiful. And I'm very, very happy that I was sent here. Uh, right now, I am also uh, moving probably very soon into the deep uh, deep of the mountains uh, where absolutely no one lives. <laughs> so, uh, but it's going to happen within the next six months, I think. Why are you doing that, Emma? Uh, I'm basically doing it so it will be easier for my family to pick me up. Your, your star family, you're saying? My star family, yes. So what's your story? What happened to you? How'd you, how'd you get into the body in Norway? Yeah, so uh, this physical body, body was born in 78. So I'm soon to be 43 years old in this body now. Mm -hmm. um, and in about in 85 was the first time that I entered this body. And I came in from a place that I just for now called the white planet. It's a planet with uh, environment that shifts very fast. It can be really snowy and icy cold one day and it can shift to a very beautiful summer temperature the other day and we are um, type of beings that are not looking originally as human beings but we are uh, able to shift so we are able to take whatever form that we chooses so one of my favorite things was actually to be in the silent garden with my master Oriel, which was teaching me about energy and how to co-create with the elements. And one of my favorite things was to jump down into the water and shape uh, shift into the shape of a, a pink dolphin. That was one of my favorite things when I was there. The day that I entered this uh, planet here, was a day where I had run away from home. Um, you could say that I'm quite a rebel where I'm from and I didn't always listen to my parents. And also as Nicole, I feel very much in common with Nicole because she is actually the, she's the reason that I dare to talk about this loud now. And my mother is also a queen. <laughs> and Nicole and I, we felt very connected uh, at the beginning and I can understand that because I also traveled a lot with my family and met other galactic, uh, galactic royal families. So this day that I ran away from home I had a feeling that a planet nearby our planet was, it was something off there, something wasn't really as it should be and I entered one of our little shuffles and it's uh, basically shaped as a egg it's white and it's organic. And when you uh, go up to the ship, uh, you don't see any doors or windows or anything. But when you go up to it, it can read your energy and it opens up and a little uh, stair falls down and you enter the ship. And when you sit in the ship, you are almost sitting there in like a liquid form. So you are using your mind to control the ship. So we were going to this, um, the ship in me and I'm saying we because it feels like the ship is a living thing it's not like a dead thing like the cars here on earth so we were going to this other planet and uh, I was very sure something off was going on there and when I come to this planet it was a rocky planet with a lot of sand and there were human looking slaves inside of the caves and there were beings there that when the first time I spoke to Sheila, I only had a memory of seeing very dark shadows um, trying to control these humans that were there. 
But later on, I have gotten more and more of these memories back, and I know exactly who it was right there. Do you have anything to share now about the virus, about what's going on on a planetary level? I'm just curious, since you have stuff, things to share. So. Oh. Well, <laughs> there are many different levels when it comes to this virus. You could say that, and I know that this piece a lot of people off, but when you see things from a sixth density and up, mm -hmm. this is already planned from all of us, from the big consciousness that we, all, all, we are all part of. Mm -hmm. And when you go down to the playground of the third dimensional or even the fourth and the fifth dimensional, uh, this is looking at much like a horror show right now. And basically what they want to do with the vaccine is to make us uh, unbarren. And some of the people, they also want to take out. So the vaccine is genetically created to go into our DNA and our RNA to pick out those that are not supposed to be here and also pick out those that are supposed to be barren, not having the ability to be with children and also to keep the star seeds and the walk-ins out because we are interfering right now and we are starting to be a little bit of a hassle for those that are controlling the system. But remember, they're not controlling the planet, they're only controlling the system. Wow, I get chills when you say that. So the vaccine is to sterilize us. Oh my God, that makes, oh, wow. Wow, yeah. I'm glad you shared that, that is so, you see those that are controlling the system on this planet, they, they love this game, the third dimensional game. They, they really love it. Um, but they don't really love us because they are just looking at us as something that are in the way of them. And they can handle a certain amount of us, but they, they can't handle the amount that we are today. And we are starting to become too many that are awake. So you could say that one of the things that the Federation said that if too many people wake up, we will just make a reset of the whole, um, I don't really like to use the word matrix, but just let's the construct that we are living in. So there, they said, if too many people wake up, we'll make a reset. So what they're doing now, they are in their minds, it's a, a human way of getting us numbered down or depopulated in a way. Well, so in a way, the whole purpose, I mean, from what you're saying, the whole reason for the virus was to get the vaccine in people in a way and to spread it around the planet? Of course, that uh, is. So... I've never been vaccinated. I'm not going to be vaccinated now. And i rather leave this body for good than be vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And there are many, many star seeds and walkings that will not be able to continue to be in this physical vessel if they do get vaccinated. Wow. So, any any things that have been stimulated from what someone else has said here? I just wanted to uh, share that um, I really appreciated what you shared, Emma, about what's unfolding here on the 3D and um, just as something that I need to voice for myself and for all of us is that, that um, even though our DNA is, you could say, under attack, right? Um, nothing can stop the living soul. Nothing nothing can prevent us from arriving. We wouldn't be here. We wouldn't have walked in. We wouldn't have come here if we weren't meant to be here. So I just really just wanna speak that into the space that you can, for the powers that were, you can try to take us out biologically you can try to imprison us mentally. You can try to drain us spiritually, but the living light, the living light that we are, that we breathe, that we come from cannot be destroyed and it will arrive and it has arrived and it will continue 
to incend into every form and imbue all of matter with this precious gift. So I just wanted to name that because even though on the 3D, there can be, you know, some fear. I know I had fear come up for me this year, also knowing that it's a DNA war more than it is anything else. Knowing, knowing what's going on in my DNA and many people's DNA all over the planet, it you know, brought up some concerns for me. Um, but I know that that living flame, that eternal spark cannot go out. It cannot be put out, cannot be stomped out. We are here. That was great. Yes, and if I, I could just add one sentence to one bit to that, in Don, thank you for that. That was beautiful. Um, you know, we are here on this planet not to live in fear, and fear is one way of controlling, and the vaccine is one way of instigating that fear. You know, everything is energy. Um, I am energy, you are energy, and intention is also everything as well. So anything, and I heard uh, one of my, um, Lee Carroll say that it's possible that to fly, you'll have to take the vaccine, which I travel all over the world. So that's going to affect me. And I thought, you know, that's my intention. If it can, I can get the vaccine and pass it right on through my body and tell it what to do in my body to go right on through and, and flush it down the toilet. And um, it, it is our intention. And, and we as, as humans, we as walk-ins get the opportunity to teach and live in a state of peace. And as we live in that state of peace, we are the expanded peace around us. And that is truly our information is to be the positive flow of energy, uh, as Indan said, that with that positive flow of energy, that has also the possibility of shifting the consciousness and, and not to be afraid of something being put into us that can change our DNA. It cannot, unless you give it permission to. So, uh, you know, take, take that in and see if that resonates. Everybody must respond in a different way and it's all for yourself. And, and you have to take that inside and see what resonates the strongest with you. But for me, I, I choose not to live in fear. And I know that I am the creator of my world and yippee, <laughs> I'm happy about that. So thank you, thank you. And thank you, Alan. And and Justin and Sheila for gathering these wondrous people together. How exciting. This is the revelation that we're all sharing in and we're all uh, part of a, a collective mind that is lifting each other and whoever wants to listen up. And that's, that's why I love doing these things because it's so empowering to the mm, core essence of my being that wants to emerge that is emerging so thank you Sheila beautiful thank you this is just a big thank you everybody I mean yeah. walkins.org the veils between the dimensions are so much thinner than they've ever been and and we are really awakening into new realities so uh, and it's stuff we don't, no one has ha has all the pieces. That's why we come together here, put it all together. That's what's so exciting. And uh, and this is the walk-in conference. There's going to be a lot of, I think, deeper, more expanded com uh, conversations we'll have there as, long as, as well as everyone's presentation. So thank you all for joining I'm Alan Steinfeld for New Realities about the upcoming walk-in event that will be on January 8th to the 10th, 2021. People want to get a ticket to the conference. They go to portaltoascension.org 
and you'll see the uh, walk-in conference there. Thank you, Sheila. With Alan on a camel and my man Bashar Ten rabbis, a physicist, guru and a genius A woman who can teach you how to grow your penis I'm a Ramtha, Jay-Z, channeling true love Oh, reality's boring, we're starting a new one Hearts popped open, Dalai Lama Rock your soul with my tantric chakras Now say Om with Deepak Chopra Natasha's so dope, who needs Oprah? Shaman Steven is high as elves NSA can't stop my elves Fairies landed, whole world's dusted, hugging undercovers, butt naked in public. Government's bugging, but they're so corny. Back to the crap, first starborn orgy. What? It's the realities. Changing the news, the realities. Gods interviews, the realities. Where do I begin? A left mention? JJ Hurtock, keys of Enoch. Open up doors, teleport to Montauk. Navy ships disappear for battling. Duncan Cameron starts time traveling. Nassim Harriman, electron spin. Word I am word cell channeling. Paulo, masculine, feminine. Marianne Williamson, tears to triumph. Jay goddesses lift weights with their vaginas. Till there's a tantric holy glow. Jody Sabrot is a UFO. From Sedona to DC, Washington disclose ETs. David Ike is like Adam and Eve. Meet me down a caravan of dreams. For Alan fells the realities. What she's what? It's the realities. Changing the news, the realities. God's interviews, the realities. Where do I begin? A left mention, the realities. Changing the news, the realities. God's in the reality. Where do I begin? 